Hey, Joe. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. You're a real estate agent. I am. You I am a real estate agent. I want to be one when I grow up. Yes. You're, well, you are grown up. Yes. I'm looking right at a real estate. You're a real estate man. I, I am, yes. You're a real estate boy. Now you're a real estate man. Uh, I have the real estate man designation uh, now. Uh, I have... <laughs> I have achieved that. Is that a is that the, the realtor, the National Association realtor? <laughs> now that probably wouldn't be that'd be kind of a that that would be not inclusive, right? We can't really do that, can we? Hmm. Oh, I, oh yeah. It, well, it's yeah. It's it's a designation that's been around since uh, you know olden times. And so I guess yeah, it's become a bit archaic. <laughs> You're a real estate man. Yes. Now, there are you know many types of real estate agents, and uh, you know speaking of niche real estate agents. Well, before we get into that, I just want to say, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a house next to a lake. Okay. I want to do that. That's a niche, right? Like, yeah, you know, lakeside like, properties, yeah. Is there like real estate agents that just focus on like that side of thing? There are. Um, yes. Around the Kansas City area, there aren't many lakes. So um, you wouldn't be doing much business if you focused on our lakes. But uh, <laughs> Desert property. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's not going to work so good. <laughs> but... Um, Outside of major metro areas, like, uh, well, one of the closest lakes to us in, uh, in the Kansas City area, Lake of the Ozarks, there oh, yeah. are certainly specialists down there. Um, and, uh, um, you know, around Table Rock Lake, that's um, getting very popular. Um, Where's that? Where's Table Rock Lake? Uh, it's near Branson. Okay. On the uh, south, what would that be? The southwest part of Missouri. So. I, yeah, I've never been to either one. I've lived in, I lived in this area for 20 years, never once went to Lake of the Ozarks or mm. Branson. I wonder if that is like my street cred is in check now for that. I wish you hadn't told me. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, didn't you have like a spot down there for a while? My uh, grandparents lived down there, and my grandmother actually did real estate. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then my parents and my dad's brothers have owned places down there, but we, uh, we, like I owned it. Now, my parents sold their place back in 2011, um, where it's, um, it just got too tough for all of us to go find time to be down there together. You know, it's tough. Everybody's busy. And so, yeah, uh, for sure. it wasn't quite worth it for just once or twice a year to all be down there together. Yeah. You only use around once. Or, so you pay for it all year, pay for whatever fees or taxes. And I'm assuming there's HOAs or something. Probably. I, I don't know. Um, uh, but like, that sounds expensive if you're only, only going to use it twice. Lake of the Ozarks, um, HOAs are a different animal down there. But um, the what I meant by all of us, you know, it, like me and my brothers, my parents could make it down fairly regularly, but it, it was a big five bedroom lake house and it didn't make much sense for just the two of them <clears throat> to yeah. go down. Um, and that's a lot to heat and cool. And, uh, uh, but, um, yeah, one day when we talk about HOAs, we'll talk about HOAs in metro areas versus, uh, <laughs> lake HOAs. The, um, that's one of my favorite jokes to have Joe. Like he, whenever we're looking at properties is, uh, whenever he wants to buy something really cool, I always try to encourage him to do it so I can borrow it, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a viable friend thing. Like, yeah. yeah, you should, you should definitely get that so I can yeah. get a boat so I can use it. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to pay for anything. I'm not even going to clean it when I'm done with it, to be honest with you. No. And, and it's a good tactic. If you do not want to own property, get a close friend to buy it and just use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a solid strategy. It's like, man, I brought a six pack for the whole weekend. You know, yeah, well, the season. I thought that was <laughs> per month. Yeah, <laughs> one beer per month. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, so lakefront niche. Is there any niches in Kansas City? I, I that you jump off your head right now, like a niche sure. realtor, realtor thing. Like yeah. The, uh, well, the probably the most defined niche in Kansas City real estate is the condo market. A lot of the guys and gals are uh, uh, who do um, condo sales pretty much just do condo sales because that is pretty specialized. And sometimes you'll even see agents that really their their domain is just one building even. Um, really? Yeah. Now, that's not to say they wouldn't take a deal outside of their building, but um, you know maybe 80% of their business is um, <clears throat> referrals from within that one building. Uh, is this like downtown Kansas City or condos like all mm-hmm. over the metro or mostly downtown? Primarily downtown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, condos in the suburbs aren't quite as, uh, one, there's not as many of them. And two, they're, they're just, they don't, for whatever reason, pick up those specialized agents. Um, in fact, there's a couple of agencies around downtown that almost exclusively do condos. Um, and I, I've done condo deals. Um, and yeah, there's just all sorts of different types of paperwork. Um, your lender is going to have certain requirements on the condo. Like, um, here, here's one you'll want to check out um, before you get too far into a purchase of a condo and find out if it is, um, the term is warrantable. And that is a term that refers to um, the, um, the lender's ability to loan on the property and there's a lot of factors in it, but the main one is like a lender will want to see um, a certain percentage, and it, I think it varies a little bit from lender to lender, but they'll want to see a certain percentage of the building occupied by owner occupants as opposed to investors. Oh. <clears throat> okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like a easier risk to handle of the people yeah. who live there. Live there, like that's mm-hmm. their residence, as opposed to flipping it, I suppose. Or they're they're doing short term rentals there, or or even long term rentals. Um, short term rentals have become a lot more popular lately. But uh, when the condo boom, I don't know if you call it a boom, but um, about fifteen years ago, yeah, the uh, condo boom of two thousand six. <laughs> right, that's right. Um, to revitalize the Kansas City downtown area, um, a lot of co- a lot of condo development was encouraged, and so that's when we got a lot of them. Uh, the early two thousands. And uh, so maybe even going back further than 15 years. And uh, um, so, yeah, the, the, they're, um, they're a relatively new niche. Um, and uh, um, the, yeah. I lived at 909 Walnut in mm-hmm. downtown KC. Was that a, that's not a condo, is it? Or does that count as a condo? They have um, units you can buy in there. Yeah, so, I remember that yeah. being a thing yeah. that they pitched to me. And I was just looking to rent, yeah. Um, but I remember them saying they were, they were talking about like all the stuff they had at the time. I'm sure obviously it's changed now, but I, went, I was wondering, was uh, looking into the lending of what it would be for that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it had like some of the same kind of stipulations you're talking about, like kind of not, as opposed to buying a, like a single family home, like a like a property, like a, like house or something. Yeah. Um, but it sounded like a cool idea. Um, you could live downtown and all that. It was fun. Living downtown, by the way, is a lot of fun. It is. Uh, we, we have a downtown that's come a long way. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. It's so much fun. And walking out of the John's Big Deck. or mm-hmm. uh, And that was during the, um, oh, gosh, World Series was going on. 
And uh, also, it was funny because uh, Tanya and I were walking around one time, and it was down there at Power and Light, just like kind of getting used to the area, getting mm-hmm. used to like our neighborhood. And we didn't realize this, but we walked in, and there was a Limp Biscuit concert. <laughs> you just stumbled just upon a stumbled little... into a Limp Biscuit concert. Oh. And she's like, what is this? I'm like, well, this guy was popular when I was in high school. I really didn't listen to it, but it'd be kind of cool to see it, I guess. She's like, yeah, let's do it. So it's a concert. Let's do it. Yeah. And uh, just so you know, Tanya is not a complete square. She just didn't grow up in the U.S., so she didn't get the limp biscuit culture. <laughs> yeah, she's from Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he was international. She knows who Backstreet Boys are, though. So Well, they're worldwide. Well, yeah. well, I think limp. You know, I think Fred Durst, if he were to hear this, he would have some words with you, my friend. Oh, well. Joe, I'm also worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. That's my, that's my Fred Durst impression. <laughs> what you going to do now? You're worldwide. It, it took me a second. Here's how little I know about Limp Biscuit. It took me a second to put together in my mind. Who's Fred Durst? Must be from Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Must be from Fred Durst. And a thousand apologies to Mr. Durst if you do hear this. One, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how some... you found this podcast, to be honest with you. This is Kansas City specific, but yeah. here we are. I hope you're getting something out of it. <laughs> and um, two, um, nothing against you, man. I just haven't given your music a chance. I, uh, I'll try some out on the way home, maybe. Joe's still, you know... He's still listening to his Bruce Springsteen CDs, and he's probably wearing them all out. He's probably on his fifth Born in the USA or Born to Run, whatever it's called. The one with Bruce Springsteen with his backside with the handkerchief. Oh, that, that's uh, Born in the USA. Where okay, he's standing in, in front of okay. the, And it's a ball cap. It's, it's a ball cap. Yeah. Okay, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I was going to, uh, here's a thing that you don't, you don't know about Joe is he does not enjoy gifts very much. So if you want to send him a gift, <laughs> I'm not a good him. gift getter. Yes, and I know where you're going with this story. Yeah. It's one of my favorite well, stories. Well, I, I have an update to the story because we were just at the same uh, spot downtown here in Lawrence looking around the antique <laughs> shop. I saw an autographed photo of Bruce Springsteen that was only like 22 bucks. And I'm like, I should get this for Joe, but he'll get so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> well... The, the beginning of that story is we were roommates briefly, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you came home from downtown, and you go, hey, Joe, there's a uh, LP of Born in the USA still in the wrapper at this record store downtown, and I almost bought it for you, but then I remember how much you hate getting gifts, and uh, I didn't buy it for you, and I just said, Brian, thank you. That means so much to me <laughs> that you would see that and not buy it for me. <laughs> that, was, that was my sincere sentiment. Yeah, you were sincere. You're like, you telling me that is a greater gift than you buying that yeah. from me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm just not a good gift getter. I, I don't know. All right. Yeah. I mean, well, you suffered through Christmases and uh, birthdays. <laughs> that I must do. have been just hell on earth for you during those months. It, it, you say that in jest, but uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Which is right, though, because... Uh, I, I think it's because I very rarely come up with a good gift idea for somebody else. I like to give, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. And so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, maybe uh, this podcast, we can have an, uh, an, a renaissance of your gift. People send it, send Joe gifts. Let's just see what happens. Everyone <laughs> listening to the sentiment gift. If I start... The best gift you could give me is uh, signing an agency agreement and helping me... <laughs> Or me helping you buy a home or sell one. There we go. Okay, yeah. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah. The so so niche condo niche. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just curious. I was looking up niche, different types of niches today, and I saw there was waterfront niches. Mm-hmm. Would luxury home be considered a niche? Yeah, that would be in the next one. I would have said um, that would be a sweet niche. It it is. Um, you know, some people call that the luxury home market. Um, you know, 
the estate home market, um, the it, it can be a lot of different things, but basically it's million plus dollar homes in, nice. in this market anyway. Uh, and by this market, I mean the KC market because a, a million dollar home is still even in this general economic real estate market is considered a high end home in the KC Metro. I know some places in California, you know, a million bucks is first time home buyer. Yeah. Yeah. You you have nine roommates, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Like whenever I did uh, mortgage marketing for a while. And, um, I remember looking at like people signing like million dollar loans in Palo Alto and like, so it's like a one bed studio apartment or something like that, or, or one bath. And it's like, yeah, basically it's like 800 square feet. I'm like, good God, that's insane. I, uh, it's, it's been a few years. So the numbers would be different again, would need a different reset. Uh, but about, I think it was about four years ago, I sold a five bedroom, two story house, three car garage, about 2,700 square feet to these people who had lived in the area before. And they were moving here, I think from Santa Barbara. And they go, um, yeah, we we sold our house in Santa Barbara. We're by it was three bedroom, two bath, I think a one car garage and one one story, like eighteen hundred to two thousand square feet. And they're like, Yeah, we sold that and we have money in our pocket even after we bought this house. Wow. You know, so how about that? Yeah. It's like the it's like those people who flip homes on television. Yeah. Speaking of, Joe, by the way, does a great Scott Yancey impression from Flipping Vegas. <laughs> Amy spent so much at Walker Zanger. <laughs> <laughs> Can you like uh, do uh, Scott Yancey uh, ordering a number one or ordering something from McDonald's? I'd like a number one, the Big Mac meal. And I want it with a Coke. And I want it with like halfway full of ice. You guys screw up the ice every time and it ruins my day. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that, that never gets. T- I never get tired of hearing that. <laughs> and the uh, the uh, the but basically like that. It's that Scott. Basically every episode is the same too when you think about it, right? It's like yes, it's very formulaic, which is good. Don't get me wrong, formulas are good. Yes. Uh, I mean that's why it's entertaining. We know what we're getting into. But uh, yeah, it's just like I guess that's he's an entertaining character because he's just so I don't know. He's so like uh, bombastic. Is that the word? I guess a bit bombastic, but um, I saw some of those episodes come up on my on-screen guide, and like I looked at the original air date. I think they came out like ten years ago. I hope we're not talking about something that's passe. And people are like, "Who's this screechy guy? He's doing impressions." Oh, of you can find. No, I I, I still have cable. Okay. <laughs> I think I've seen it. Like it's on the, yeah. it's still on there. Some one of the cable channels, but yeah. I remember seeing there. I don't really watch it, but yeah, flipping Las Vegas. Check it out. You'll you'll see what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, next question I want to ask you, actually, this is from Twitter. So I follow realtor.com on Twitter and I, I really enjoyed this question. They asked if you had $10,000 to improve your home, what would you spend it on? And I actually answered Mm -hmm. and tell me what you think about this response. I said, I would turn my four car garage into a three car garage by building a new room. I would get HVAC out there and get some nice flooring. There's a window, so it should score as an official room. I should add around 500 square foot of living space at $110 a square foot, which I think is kind of lowball. That could be 55 mm-hmm. grand in home value. What do you think of that? I, th- I think that's a good answer, and um, it speaks to um, how. Not you know, it sounds like I'm dodging the question, but it's going to be specific to each house. 
Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. the I guess the ten thousand foot view is adding more living space that yeah. is scoring yeah. as living yeah. space. That's a. I mean, I'm not saying um, the, the five hundred square foot that puts a price tag on this house that I don't know if it's consistent with the other houses. So it might not be exactly that, but it yeah. should add value. I would um, I would be surprised if it didn't. I, I would I would say it like that. Uh, obviously, there's no guarantees, but it seemed like adding living space always seems like a kind of maybe a first thing. I, I always think about what adding living living space as kind of the first approach if I were to build on the house. But mm-hmm. other people look at kitchens, remodeling that, and everything. And I was like, if there's add a, a ways to add on more living space, though, that really sings to me. I don't know. Tell me, I'm crazy. Yeah. That um, that is one way to go. Um, though I am seeing. Um, four car garages being wildly popular too. Okay. So, um, that, um, it, it just kind of depends how you finish it. Um, how it would connect with the rest of the house that on your particular house, um, that's close to your kitchen, but you've already got a big kitchen. So I don't know that there'd be much value in expanding your kitchen, but, um, you don't really have a, uh, home office so maybe uh, that would be you know what yeah. i would like that that would be our new yeah. studio space out there and i can yeah. record stuff out there um maybe i should just buy a jet ski and use the four car garage yeah. use it that way so actually use it like that and you you, you could just consider it staging um <laughs> i've staged this tandem garage with a jet ski <laughs> i can use the jet ski you know as again that's a business expense i suppose <laughs> It is now. We talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had ten grand and uh, update uh, your house, what would you do? So um, I'm going to go back to the last house I lived in. Um, so when I bought it, the kitchen was already pretty well renovated. The, that kitchen was sweet, by the it way. Was it was a, really nice. It was a swank kitchen, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and and that was why it was one of the reasons I was able to sell it so easily again when I moved out of it. Um, but um, the short answer is very generally speaking, um, kitchens, um, so, updating so, kitchens. Okay, all right. Um, but uh, on since that kitchen was already updated, the next place you tend to go is um, your master bedroom um, or master bath. And that master bath I had needed some you know, functional improvements. I mean, it wasn't bad. Um, the previous owners had put in a nice walk-in shower, but it didn't have a private stool room. And, yeah, I got to say, I've seen know. that in a number of houses, too, where you have this big master bathroom, but it just opens up into the, the bedroom. Mm-hmm. There's no privacy there. Mm-hmm. And that is not how I like to do things when it comes mm-hmm. to use, time to use the, the bathroom or using the facilities in the restroom. Mm-hmm. I need a closed door. I need some space. I need some privacy. But I've seen a couple of ho- other friends' houses where it just walks in there. There's no way to close the door. The toilet's it's just there. Yep. And the shower's just there. I'm like, this seems odd to yeah. me. It's not for me. It's not for some people. Are, obviously, people are okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about myself here. Not for me. No. Not, I need some privacy. Well, th- there's a certain price point you get to. And I, I say just generally speaking, it's probably around 300000 in the Kansas City market. Uh, maybe a little more now that prices are, are, are elevated. But um, at about that point, you kind of expect a private water closet in a master bath. Um, and, uh, there's just certain expectations you have. And so, yeah, that, that would be something that would add value. Um, the, the house I was living in had a fenced yard, but it had a very old fence. I probably would have spent some money 
improving that. So I wouldn't have necessarily put it all in one place unless that um, master bath creating like so a private stool room. If I had the money on your backyard of that house, yeah. I would have leveled out your backyard because had a huge incline the yeah. plane when like from yes. from the, the the base of your property to like down it was very steep. It's like running those football drills that football <laughs> players run up yeah. and they go back down. That thing was steep. Yeah. So I would have put some dirt down there and maybe level that out. Can I, you do that? You can and I kinda did at one point and it washed away. It was such a <laughs> steep grade. I got a really a real gully washer of a uh, thunderstorm. And it, <laughs> my handyman had put like a plant bed down there. And like a week later, he comes back and he's like, oh, that thunderstorm really took that out. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think there's much point in putting anything there anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a steep yard. Every time I mowed my yard, my uh, quads were burning. From, uh, <laughs> a little work out there, yeah. Nice. Okay, so we go to kitchens and we go, I- I'm living space. You say kitchens and master bed, bathroom, and then... I guess if you have an unfinished basement, well, let's say you have an unfinished yeah. basement. I mean, ten thousand dollars probably isn't going to do a whole lot. You probably need more no. than ten grand for that. I would imagine. No, um, because you're you're generally speaking in new homes construction when they're doing it at the time the home is being built. A lot of builders are charging in around the forty dollar a square foot range. Okay, yeah. and um, so you you could do like a family room, you know, for that, but. Um, it adds up quick in basements because a lot of people want to do some sort of entertainment center or a bar, yeah. and um, people want to. You're usually looking at starting about forty grand for a lower level. Yeah, that's the number I put in my head too. If you want to like kind of your lower lower level, between thirty and fifty, somewhere in there. Depends on. How, I guess you can spend as much as you want to spend. Yeah. Obviously, but the base like kind of entry level. Um, at least for getting it to where it gets scored as a livable yeah. area that's consistent with the main area. Yeah. <clears throat> so that, that's a good spot um, to put money. Um, but one thing to keep in mind is, um, yes, you are adding value to your home, but it's not always dollar for dollar, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. But generally speaking, this articles I've seen, the studies I've done, the closest you get for dollar for dollar, um, y- you know, uh, value improvements, like if you put 10,000 in, you'd get 10,000 back out is kitchen. Okay. Um, All things being equal, like you, you could have said that to somebody in 2008 who just finished their house and the yeah. next day all the banks go collapse and all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> the, all things, all market systems being predictable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, keep that in mind because, you know, who who can predict these things anymore? But yeah, that's, that's a good train of thought to have. But a couple of quick things before we move off this topic, but something I've seen just generally speaking appealing to buyers is if you're, if you're looking to sell your home, um, buyers do notice if there's a new heating and air system. Okay. Buyers do notice if there's new windows and okay. buyers do notice the condition of the roof for 10 grand. You can probably replace an HVAC system or most of your windows in your house. A roof is probably going to be a bit more, but yeah. those, those will, um, those are those will help you sell a house. Okay, all yeah. right. And these are all things that are, your real estate agent can, yeah. you, as a realtor, yeah. as you are, yeah. and uh, this is all things that uh, if Joe Joe would love to be your realtor, but if you have your yeah. own real estate agent you work with, of course, this is things that they can work with. Uh, I guess uh, also like uh, contractors and consultants also know this kind of thing. I guess they all know they this do. Kind of thing. They do, yeah, because they get a good sense of what's popular and things like that. Um, so yeah, uh, yes, speaking with a, a contractor can be a good resource on this too. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> All right. I want to move on to 
Now let's talk about real estate agent stuff, real estate agent life. Uh, I want to talk about Leewood versus Prairie Village. So I want to talk about real estate agent, being a real estate agent in Leewood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is there like, versus Prairie Village, Kansas, is there like a, a mental, I feel like there would be a lot of overlap there. I can't be imagined there'd be a yeah. whole lot of difference, but is there any differences that you can point to or think of uh, if you're approaching both areas? Um. No, actually, they're very similar, and a lot of people who are shopping in one area will look in the other. Um, the The biggest difference is if you were to average the square footage across both cities, you'd probably get out a little bit higher square footage on Leewood homes. Okay. Um, they tend to trend a little bit bigger. But um, they're roughly the same age, um, especially where the two communities kind of meet. Um which would be kind of the north side of Leewood, um, north of 103rd, maybe even 95th Street, around or around 95th Street. Um, you go further south, there are some Leewood addresses where there's newer homes. Um, new homes in Prairie Village are fairly rare. Usually something was torn down to build a new home there because it, it was very, it was mostly built out Probably before, to say, 1970. Is Prairie Village in, like, tear down, build build new homes territory at this yeah. point? They are? Well, um, yes. <clears throat> uh, I, I would say it was probably a bigger trend a few years ago. Hey, I, I got to take it down in downtown Lawrence. There yeah. was, like, in the, where, like, um, the, the streets to the east of Mass, mm-hmm. uh, that, that area. I've seen some teardowns and rebuilds, mm. and they're really fancy-looking homes yeah. next to, like, homes that are obviously older, built in the 1800s. Yeah. And I was... And I was like, oh, my gosh, I think we're in teardown rebuild territory now with uh, what's going on here in Lawrence, which means I guess that means like the current houses <clears> that <throat> I mean, like the property values are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth it to buy the property uh, and there's enough money to like tear it down and rebuild it yeah. and still come out. I don't know. I assume even if not, if not a little bit ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a lifestyle choice. Yeah. But, and, th- and that's just because. um the, yeah, the ground is so scarce, and uh, they've gotten to be very desirable areas. Um, both of them are almost exclusively residential uh, parts of the city. Um, there's some retail in both, but very little in the way of um, corporate space. There is some, but very little. And um, Leewood maybe a little more so than Prairie Village. Uh, a lot of parks, uh, a lot of parkland and trails, um, especially... Uh, you know, and say about the 119th Street and south parts of Leewood, um, though the trails do go north of there a bit. You know, I don't want somebody to listen to this and be like, I walked in Leewood north of 119th two weeks ago. <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. You know? All right. If you're going to be a pedantic <laughs> listener, come on, give us a little bit of leverage. But, uh, of course, we do enjoy comments. Uh, yeah. I guess correcting. Yeah. You have to do it in a fun way. Yeah. You can't be like, how dare you? Any errors I have made in this podcast are intentional, and if you spot five of them, uh, I will buy you a spatula. <laughs> Can we get like one of those subway click like cards or whatever? Get a free sub if you find five <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that yeah, I'll get you a sandwich if you find ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, a sandwich. Yes, um, and uh, it. Yeah, I'll go for the foot long too. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, we're yeah. pulling out all the stops here. Yeah. But uh, no chips or drink. No. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. Not made of money, <laughs> but uh, anyway, back on topic. No, yeah, Prairie uh, Village versus Prairie Village versus Can- uh, Can- Prairie Village, Kansas versus Leewood. So Leewood more 
park space. Is that what I heard? And then there, there is more of it in Leewood. Okay, yeah. Yeah. but um, yeah, there, there's probably bigger differences between Prairie Village and Leewood as you kind of look at them as similar communities. Whereas if you compare them to Overland Park, one geographically, I think Overland Park is just bigger. But um, there's a whole lot more corporate space in Overland Park. Um, and, you know, it, it's, depending on where you look, it, it is either, it can be either right next to Leewood. It's, it's borders Leewood more than Prairie Village, but it can, there's parts of it right next to Prairie Village too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. These are things that just, me, I'm hiding. I feel like I'm hiding over here in Lawrence sometimes because yeah. uh, you, you, you've, you've been eat, sleep, drinking, breathing Kansas City for as long as I've known you, right? So, yeah. You know, the areas and, and, uh, so like, uh, I do like this. I've been looking around like the amenities we have here in Lawrence and uh, I don't know. Do they have like in Prairie Village uh, around here in Lawrence, they have like uh, the Parks and Rec. They have like g- city gyms you can use that are worked into your tax codes and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Do they have anything like that uh, over there or is it like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a specific to Lawrence thing um, or like is it, I guess, uh, amenities, I guess. Uh, yeah. What kind of amenities do they have? Sure. No, um, I th- there there's probably one that I'll think of. Um, Later, but I, uh, I think pretty much every city around the metro has like community centers and stuff. Um, the like, ones that are coming to mind are in like Lenexa has a lot of them, and Overland Park has okay, a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Do they have more than like one dumbbell? We have to share the dumbbell. <laughs> Can we have more dumbbells, please. <laughs> no. Well, there's like only four of them. <laughs> as high as the property taxes are in Prairie Village, they better have more than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's, yeah. There's a lot of talk about expanding this, but can we just get like more dumbbells <laughs> or anything heavy? You know, yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll take rocks if you have them. If you want to like, <laughs> if you want to like screw, I don't know, uh, <laughs> screw like a, a lead pipe into a fucking rock. I'll do, I'll do it. <laughs> I almost cussed there. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Prairie Village uh, stocks their gyms with rocks they have hauled out of <laughs> like Olathe and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's ancient Greece style. That's yes. how gladiators trained. Yes. That's what we're gonna do. That's why we have such a good football team. <laughs> we yeah. train the gladiators. Most workouts there are uh, putting on a weight belt, uh, picking up a large rock, lifting it over your head, holding it there while your arms shake, and then dropping it, and you just go home. You know. Yeah, it sounds like a strongman competition yes. on ESPN, yeah. basically. Yeah. A keg, <laughs> throwing a keg as yes. far as you can. Yes. yes. Uh, not many people know this, but these Scottish Highland games were invented in Prairie Village. <laughs> Is that true? That's mm. that's a fact. I did not know that. Yeah, if if, if that's a, that's me getting my free sub. <laughs> Click. That's right. One fact closer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. So Leewood versus Prairie Village. Okay. Before we close out this episode of the podcast, any closing any closing thoughts on Leewood versus Prairie Village? I don't know. What do you? You've lived around long enough. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about each one of them individually? Both lovely communities. And, um, you know, for people who are looking for the classic suburb environment with, like, tree-lined streets and things like that, both Prairie Village and Leewood offer that. Um, it's, it's it's one of those areas where you're getting homes that are starting to be, well, now probably a lot of them getting close to 50 years old, uh, maybe a little more because, yeah, a lot of, more Prairie Village was built in the 50s and 60s than Leewood, but um, still, you, that means where I'm going with this is um, you're getting uh, um, old growth trees, you know, in your yard and things like that, which 
Also, man, uh, if you're buying a home there, get a sewer scope. Um, and, uh, <laughs> get a sewer scope. This podcast brought to you by Sewer Scoops. I'm sure Milwaukee makes one or DeWalt or who knows. Uh, well, you'd want a professional to do it, but uh, oh, a sewer inspection. Oh, I, okay. A sewer inspection with a sewer scope, yes. So have a neighbor who's a professional and have them come over. Yeah. Or them. Have whoever they are come over. Yep. Uh, Yeah. If if a guy just shines a light down there, it's like, yep, good. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I might need a second opinion on that one. Yeah. All right, Joe. Good podcast. Feeling good about this one, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, And apologies to the people of Leewood and Prairie Village if you start seeing a land rush because of (laughs) this podcast. Yeah. or you're welcome. Or you're welcome, yeah. The, the millions who listen to it um, are, are coming your way. There you go. All right. And with that, like, subscribe to the Kansas City Real Estate Podcast with Joe Stevenson, Joe the Realtor. I'm the host, Brian Reynolds. And that's episode four. Tune in next time. Thank you.